Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Do you know a student getting ready to go to college? Or are you looking at going back to school yourself? The Woodward Hines Education Foundation and the Get to College program help more Mississippians get to and through college to get certificates and degrees that lead to meaningful employment. They offer free college planning advice, including hands-on FAFSA completion assistance through in-person or virtual appointments. Visit gettocollege.org to learn more. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Wednesday, April 13th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, a look at plans to upgrade Mississippi's state parks with millions in new funding and why advocates say Medicaid expansion could transform health care outcomes for women of color in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. The state is set to face another day of severe weather after back-to-back storms late last month. I think it's been the past four weeks, or this makes the fourth week for severe weather. Ashlyn Jackson from the National Weather Service in Jackson joins us now live. Good morning, Ashlyn. Good morning. Thank you so much for your time and speaking with us. Can you give us um, some perspective on what we're going to see in terms of severe weather? Yes, of course. So, Severe weather is likely for the uh, the majority of our area in Mississippi. And the main threat time is going to be later this afternoon through this evening, and we could see storms pushing through as early as 2 p.m. So the greatest threat that we do have for significant weather is going to be over the northwestern portions of our area. We do have a moderate risk. If you, if you put that on a scale, it's like a 4 out of 5. Um, and then the remainder of our area is uh, under an enhanced risk, which is like a 3 out of 5. But um, regardless of the categories, um, we could see some significant weather. Um, We could expect damaging wind gusts up to 80 miles per hour. Golf ball size hail and strong tornadoes are also going to be possible. Um, And then also, along with these storms, you could get some some storms that kind of stay over an area, and you could see some flash flooding throughout the afternoon into the evening. That's what I was going to ask. The tornadoes, the hail, the winds... Will it be nighttime and we'd be experiencing this severe weather, too? Yes. So in some portions, so if you're um, in the I-55 corridor in east, you could see some storms later in the evening. The latest we're thinking, it's going to be 1 a.m. So that is getting into the overnight hours. But hopefully we can get, they'll push out before the overnight hours. I know how dangerous that can be um, when people do start to go to sleep. Now, we know that the last couple of weeks we've seen tornadoes come through the state. Can you give us an idea of what you're anticipating in terms of tornadoes today? 
Yes. So we do have conditions that are conducive to producing tornadoes, especially in the northwest portion of Mississippi. You could see some strong tornadoes. So um, we can't really give an, a, an exact amount of how many we might be thinking, but we do know that conditions are pretty good for creating those um, tornado orange storms. Is there anything you can tell us about why we're seeing such extreme weather every week? It's back to back to back. Yes. So sometimes we just get into these patterns, and unfortunately it's it's the spring. And spring, when you have the, the seasons changing, um, that cold air pushing the warm air, and the warm air pushing the cold air can create these kind of cycles in the upper atmosphere that allow us to have these patterns of severe weather. Um, so it, it's just really the time of the year, um, which is unfortunate to be kind of under the gun uh, this year. Does it have anything to do with climate change? Because I don't remember last year having storms back to back to back like this. So um, there's not necessarily any research that we can um, definitively put towards climate change. Uh, so I typically don't like to tell people that. Um, we're hoping that in the future that we'll get some type of research that's able to really definitively say that. Um, but I could say that we are we are in a pattern um, that will allow this type of thing to happen. So um, it's just the circumstances, um, and we can't necessarily um, put that down to climate change quite yet. Can you tell us, based upon what we're experiencing now, if this will have or or this is an indication of what we're going to see during hurricane season? Um, No, this isn't really a good indicator of hurricane season. There's a completely different process um, associated with hurricane season that is not necessarily related to the patterns that we're seeing right now throughout the United States. What are you advising folks to do? Just remain weather aware today. Make sure you have more than one way to receive warnings. Make sure you know the difference between a watch and a warning. Um, And just continue to to have um, updated resources and information. We do updates throughout the day on our social media. Our social media is NWS Jackson uh, MS, and we have a Twitter, and we also have Facebook. So just look at the most updated information that we have putting out. And I'll actually be putting out the information today, so I'll try to keep you all updated. We appreciate that very much. One last question. Can you tell us what is the difference between a watch and a warning? Yes, I sure can. So I guess to put it in plain terms, um, when you have a watch, it's when conditions are favorable for severe weather development, and they can typically be issued for up to six hours. So it's when you have a, a good environment. A warning is when severe weather, so it'd be maybe hail in a storm or winds up to 60 miles per hour or tornado has been detected on radar or observed. So typically with a warning is when you have the thing actually um, occurring as opposed to a watch when you have the it's when you have the conditions for it to occur. So a tornado warning would be a tornado is imminent. Yes, most likely. All right. Well, Ashlyn Jackson with the National Weather Service in Jackson, thank you so much for joining us this morning to give us an outlook on what we can expect today weather-wise. Yes, it's my pleasure.
Coming up, why advocates say Medicaid expansion could transform health care outcomes for women of color in the state. You're listening to Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. State leaders yesterday rolled out plans to rehabilitate Mississippi state parks. Chief among them is a scheduled multi-million dollar renovation of a public golf course and other facilities at LaFleur's Bluff Park in Jackson. Robert Trent Jones Jr., the son of notorious golf course designer Robert Trent Jones Sr., is leading the project. It's not just about golf, but we want the first tee. We want to put a uh, club in the young boys' and girls' hands and have them swing it. Once they hit a golf ball, we'll go down for life. They'll be back. So that's a, the part, of the part of the program. But it's also for the community as a whole. So that's basically what our, our goal is for the golf part of it. And, and this is a multi-use park. Delbert Hoseman is Mississippi's lieutenant governor. He spoke yesterday at Lafleur's Bluff with MPB's reporter, Kobe Vance. The legislature this year, House and Senate, passed the legislation to bring the trail, complete the trail from downtown. So that'll be completed here, and now Senator Hyde-Smith has announced it'll go over Lakeland Drive all the way to the other side. So we're connecting downtown, Fondren, this area, the baseball fields, the Children's Museum, all of the things that we offer here as a cultural attachment, as uh, really the lungs of our city, the lungs of our central Mississippi. Uh, that we appropriated this year $13.2 million to do this. That's taxpayer funds that were put out so that we'd have this kind of a first-class, world-class resort here. And we've got the world, most world-class person who has designed courses all over the world. And for him to pick Jackson, Mississippi to come help us, we are thrilled. What does this mean for you? This is very important because it is a place for family. It's a place for culture. It's a place for people to come home to Mississippi and raise their children here and have family time here. But this is one integral part of a huge step that the legislature took this year. We're going to appropriate almost $38 million to fix up the parks around Mississippi. Not only here, but Tishomingo all the way to the coast. So you'll see a huge investment in our parks and our public spaces in Mississippi. And that was something that we promised when people hired me to do this job. And now you're seeing the fruition of it. I am so excited about this piece, which is $13 million. But I'm also excited about the rest of the park structure in Mississippi. We're we're fixing to have a world-class, first-class place to take your children. Whether you're rich or poor or whatever, you'll be able to go to a place you can take your children, fish, stay out overnight, all that kind of things that make something open to Mississippians that they they really neglected in the past, quite frankly. Conversation that was ongoing in the legislature this year was improving tourism in the state. These With these investments that this legislature's made in parks, especially here in the Jackson area, what do you think the future of tourism might be for Mississippi? Well, this is an integral component. We also devoted $30 million to advertising for our d- direct marketing organizations all over Mississippi. So you'll see a plethora of advertisements going out. We want to advertise our assets. Our best assets here are people and our property. 
And, you know, we have gaming, we have golf, we have national parks, uh, we have Vicksburg Park. We have all of these things around B.B. King, all these other things we have here in Mississippi. We'll start advertising that. This is another part of that jewel. People who come here, that come by the Capitol, and I always stop when they're visiting. How, how's it going? How you? We are so amazed. You people are so nice. I've heard that once. I've heard it a thousand times. And once I get them here, I think we can have them stay here. Part of the funds that went to the uh, helping rebuild state parks in the state came from ARPA. You know, what are your thoughts on using those funds for that purpose? Yeah, I think I think that was a good start. We're actually looking at matching with federal dollars through one of 98 different programs. So I think our 38 million may be able to be matched to where we're really looking at 70 something million, 76 million dollars to devote in the parks. About February, I was uh, a little frustrated with the timing of getting good information on the park. So with uh, Liz Welch, who's the governor, runs the Department of Finance Administration, we, uh, we sent four architect firms out to every park in Mississippi. And they came back with how much does it cost to get every single building in first-class shape, every uh, pad for our RVs in shape. The number was $160 million. So if we get our match, we'll go halfway there this year. And I'm... I think over a period of years, we'll get the full $160 million where we'll be proud of it. Some of the issues that they discovered, you mentioned a while back, were like electrical, uh, structural. Do you think those are going to be all things that can be solved with the funding you all gave? We're, we're going to have a first-class park system. That includes electrical, pads, water, entry, everything you want. Um, we intend for our park system to be unrivaled by Louisiana, Alabama, Tennessee, or anywhere else. We, we have... If you look at the parks as you go in them, they're gorgeous. I mean, Tishomingo is awesome. We got hills and mountains and stuff up there and it's really good. Not big mountains, but stuff that looks good. And then we got the coast, Buccaneer. We've got water right there. So we have got destination places for Mississippi. We just have to, I don't want to use Field of Dreams, but if we build it, they're going to come. And then lastly, you know, you mentioned as, as a golf enthusiast yourself, you know, what is this? this investment, this specific investment to the golf course uh, well, mean for you? unfortunately, I doubt very seriously it's going to help my golf game. You know, quite frankly, I, I think I'm going to be about a 15 handicap no matter what happens. So, uh, But the young people, and he was so good, Bobby Jones was so good tonight, about talking about how this is going to affect young people. You get a golf club in their hand, they hit that little white ball the first time, and they become part of this. They're outdoors, they're getting uh, exercise, uh, they're playing with people. They're doing community things. It's all good, and that's where we need to be. That's Lieutenant Governor Delbert Hoseman. Still ahead, why advocates say Medicaid expansion could transform health care outcomes for women of color in the state. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. This podcast is a local production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting and depends on the support of listeners like you. If you can, please donate today at mpbonline.org. And thanks. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. Mississippi lawmakers this year again declined to green light an expansion of Medicaid in the state. The Senate passed a bill to extend postpartum Medicaid coverage from six weeks to 12 months, but House Speaker Philip Gunn refused to take the legislation up in his chamber. This, as access to health care for new mothers, remains uneven and unequal in Mississippi and in the U.S. as a whole. That's a 
according to Dr. Julie Morita, executive vice president of the healthcare nonprofit Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. This is not a new problem, but what happened during the pandemic is that it was really exacerbated. And in particular, what we saw is that in addition to having the highest rates of maternal mortality in developed countries, we also have significant disparities with Black and Hispanic women having the highest rates of maternal mortality. So we have from 2019 to 2020, we saw a 25% increase among black women and a 44% increase among Hispanic women. So the rates were already bad to begin with. And what happened with the pandemic is they got even worse. Is it a lack of access to health care or improper health care? That's right. There's a combination of factors that are contributing to why we have these high rates of maternal mortality. And some of it has to do with access to health care services. So um, Medicaid expansion has not happened uniformly throughout the United States. So we can see that there are still 12, 12 states in the nation, including Mississippi, that have not expanded Medicaid to everyone who is eligible. So in, in Mississippi particularly, there's 110,000 people who are eligible for Medicaid who are not in Medicaid because the state has chosen not to expand. And among that 110,000, there's 43,000 that are women of reproductive age. Now, if these women were actually provided insurance while, um, while before they are pregnant, they'd be in better physical health and mental health heading into a pregnancy, and their birth outcomes would be much, much better. So it's critical that we think about expanding Medicaid so that we can actually ensure that people get the care that they need before, during, and after their pregnancies as well. What role does mental health play in having a child? So we know that there are high rates of uh, postpartum depression. So after a woman has a child, um, there's rates that people have increased risk for getting depressed because of hormonal changes because of the stresses associated with pregnancy and also delivering a child. And so it does contribute to maternal mortality, along with high blood pressure, along with heart disease, those kinds of things all contribute to maternal mortality overall. But having health care before you get pregnant can really help to prevent some of these underlying health conditions from being exacerbated when you have a child and after you have the child. How well, are we on the way to dealing with this issue in the ways that you have mentioned today? Well, I think there is, we, we have solutions that are within reach, and it's up to our elected officials to act and to do the right thing. So in a state like Mississippi, where Medicaid expansion has not occurred, expanding Medicaid is a critical step. In Mississippi, where you have not extended coverage to women beyond the 60 days, those women who already have Medicaid, it can be extended to 12 months, and that needs to happen. At a federal level, there's a momnibus bill, which includes 12 different bills that really address the housing, transportation, food, and health care needs of, of uh, pregnant women uh, while pregnant and also after they deliver their babies. And those that bill has bipartisan support, and it's really so important for Mississippians, for everyone in the United States to really push our elected officials to support that bill, to allow it to be successful so that we can actually provide the support that's necessary and reduce this, uh, these incredibly high and in, in unacceptable rates of maternal mortality we have in the United States. Are medical schools dealing with these issues when they train OBGYNs? Because of the pandemic, there's been an increasing awareness about racism within the healthcare system. And so uh, health systems, medical schools are aware of the need, but they really need to, do, to act now to make sure that their 
students are well equipped to understand their own implicit biases, to understand how racism plays out in the healthcare delivery systems. So that while we know that this is a problem, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Just wondering, do you have any stats on Mississippi? Um, well, I do know that there's 110,000 people who are uninsured adults, and then the, of that, 43,000 are um, women of childbearing age, and 25,000 of them are black women. So there, there's a lot of women in Mississippi who would benefit benefit from Medicaid expansion. So these are people that would be eligible for Medicaid if the state expanded Medicaid. Dr. Julie Morita with the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation, thank you so much for speaking with us about this important health issue. Thank you. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Stick around for a full morning of Mississippi Radio. Coming up at 9, it's Fix It 101. Then at 10, it's Everyday Tech. And at 11, don't miss Southern Remedy. I'm Desiree Frazier. Join us tomorrow morning at 8 for the next Mississippi Edition only on MPB Think Radio. Stay safe today.